The following is a presentation of KSL Sports. First and 12. A total roundup of this weekend's BYU football and the new look Big 12 Conference. First and 12 is sponsored by Macy's Grocery Store. Your hosts are Mitch Harper and Alex Keery on KSL News Radio and the KSL Sports Zone. What is up, Big 12 football fans? Checking in in an offseason. The schedule is out. We're already ready for some football. Mitch Harper, Alex Keery. <laughs> uh, it's good to be back in the studio with you, Alex. Uh, I appreciate it, Mitch. My, my heavens. We're, I'm like, you're a hard man to get a hold of these days. I'm like, will you come on our show? Will you please come talk about BYU football and basketball? The, and guess what? This is our this is our time now, man. I mean, like this anything that has anything that has any semblance of some football talk where we're not having to totally force it. I mean, I'm I'm all about it. And and you know what? When you have the schedule gets out there, we already knew what the matchups were going to be. You already knew what the teams were. We saw the matrix. We saw the scheduling matrix. What it was going to look like, but you didn't know when and where. And obviously, everybody wanted to know the when and where of the Utah BYU game. Obviously, the the where part is figured out, but the when was a very very interesting thing. And I fell into the trap of wanting, uh, you know, it was like it was, I was like yelling from the crowd, they're not in the afternoons anymore. <laughs> and I get it. I get that it's a little, I get that the, you know, the tradition of, of having a, I don't know, I was that guy that used to watch that game on a thir- or on a Saturday on Thanksgiving weekend. Now, what we do trick ourselves into thinking, Mitch, is that that game had more implications to it than it actually did. The Mountain West did not have a conference championship game, and and you know what? Guess what? That meant that sometimes one of the people in that game, at least, actually had maybe something on the line. You could spoil more oftentimes. It was never a this team wins, they win the championship, or this team wins, they win the championship. I don't know if even that happened once. Did it happen? Did they play each other, and the winner of that game won the the Mountain West championship? Or I don't remember that happening. 1999 and 2008. And that was that was it. But those were for shared conference titles. Shared titles, and and that was the thing is that like more often than not, if there was an implication with the Mountain West Championship, it was one of the sides that you mm-hmm. can maybe ruin, uh, or in some cases it was already wrapped up. And and so I think we did fool ourselves a little bit into the thinking that game was more important on that weekend. And if you're going into the Big Twelve, November 9th, BYU up at Rice Eccles Stadium versus Utah sounds a little bit weird, but guess what? It is. It signifies. The start of BYU and Utah back in the same conference again, which you can't say that enough, when it actually happens again, I think it'll be like last year. I think it's going to be just as exciting this year and feel even more new, fresh, all that stuff with this with the Big 12 having 16 teams, all including those, Utah. All those terms you use, new, fresh, weird, that kind of describes the 16-team Big 12 because I'll admit, Alex, I – I, I think I love a, a scheduling grid maybe more than anything in life, I realize. Like, that scheduling <laughs> grid, when it comes out, I just love a good schedule grid. But it is weird to see West Virginia and Utah and UCF and BYU all in the same league. I mean, we got a taste of it last year. We're covering this league with BYU and going to Morgantown and seeing UCF and Oklahoma State have their ups and downs. But it, it's still just... It's surreal to see, you know, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah 
The Pac-12 is gone, and these teams are joining this conference. And we'll break it all down here in our schedule breakdown show. Again, first and 12, we hold it down throughout the football season, and we will this upcoming fall. We got fresh new jackets. Uh, Our bosses are very excited for the future of first and 12. (laughs) It's going to be a lot of fun this football season. You wore yours today. I feel sheepish I didn't wear mine. (laughs) Now, part of the thing is is that we kind of went, you know what? The schedule's out. Why don't we record this thing? And I was already here at the office. So you got to get your – first and 12 uniform on <laughs> i didn't get to uh but i i will say like i said this is to me as exciting of a start as we even had last year texas and oklahoma like having that kind of millstone around your head of yeah these two programs still in and everybody going hey so see you guys next year uh don't do horns down by the way out the door <laughs> don't freaking do it you'll get in trouble i told big 12 uh reporters i said i feel like a true big 12 reporter now that i'm entrenched in a horns down oh scandal. there is a horns down scandal and byu of course <laughs> is in the middle of it and and you go i mean I, here's the thing tom homo in that athletic department is like we can't have anybody we don't we can't have anything controversial happen at our stadiums <laughs> just it's cougar tails and ice cream for everybody and we cannot have anybody feeling bad but listen texas you beat texas on your dadgum home field or your home court in basketball man you gotta love that stuff anyway we digress. The schedule's out. Obviously, the big one on on, on uh, November 9th everybody's talking yeah. about. But what are some of the finer points that you see here? Let's go through what the schedule looks like well, for BYU. Well, first off, with the Utah game, I do like that date uh, because – and look, it, people were calling me a Big 12 stan, a Big 12 shill. I, I get that. <laughs> like, they were calling me Brett Yormark's son. I got that in the DMs. Look, I, I guess I'm just kind of okay with things that are new. Maybe that's just kind of my personality. I like new things. I like new shoes. I like new things. I can sacrifice a tradition for something new and and glossy. And I just kind of look back at the history of BYU Utah. To your point, it's never had the the national conversation that we know this game is great and Big 12 fans are going to learn about it, but it's just never carried the, the national oxygen that maybe we thought. I know our bosses here at, at KSL would love to have the day's return of the game being on KSL 5 TV, but those days are long gone. Now it needs to take on a national platform in being maybe on a, a network television stage, maybe a, a premier window spot or TV window spot. And I think this November 9th date can, can give that opportunity potentially because that final weekend of the college football calendar it's going to be michigan ohio state oregon washington joins rivalry weekend which is a big deal up in the pacific northwest for the big 10 and texas texas a&m returns there's just there's a lot of rivalries and the tv networks that are aligned with the big 12 they're paying a premium for the sec and the big 10 they're going to take priority and look there's two billion reasons for the fox and espn to care about the long-term success of the Big 12, but still, it's it pales in comparison to the Big 10 and SEC. And I just think that BYU and Utah, with two weeks to kind of amplify this game and with how much significance is on the line for that game, have a bye week, get everyone healthy, and get ready for a showdown in Salt Lake. If you're a BYU fan and you have a nitpick kind of gripe, maybe you say, why didn't Tom Homo fight to get the game in Provo? Because Unlike Utah, BYU was the team that wanted to be part of the Big 12. They were the first member of the Big 12. You think that the Big 12 would uh, – hey, Brett. They weren't having that. Of course not. Well, they've got to now do the thing where, you know, they have to have that conversation with Mark Harlan at Utah. Mm-hmm. they got to have that conversation with Tom Holmo. And they do have to play nice with everybody. I do think, though, that the addition of having that game – you know, November 9th is interesting. The time of the day might be interesting, too. 
The only thing that I'm on board, like, totally with, because I don't know how I'm going to feel about a November game, the November 9th game, I will say that if it were on that rivalry weekend, it would have been an 835 kick. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, yep. that, we would have been up till 2.30 in the morning on it's a cold. Thanksgiving weekend. It would have been really cold. And this one provides the opportunity to maybe even have that. Why not have that uh, that noon kickoff? Big noon. The big noon kickoff. Why not have that game? It's going to be a rivalry game. That I don't know. Are we still? Are we cleared yet to to call it the Holy War? Back in the day, we I don't were. Think so. We, oh no! You guys got told. We haven't, we haven't been told. We haven't got clearance yet on that front. What do you mean clearance? <laughs> I just said it. What are you going to bleep me out on the podcast, Mitch? We might have to do no, some post production. Abso- no, absolutely not. Because you know, on our look, I don't know what you guys do down at KSL News Radio, but at KSL Sports. We're over here holy warring it up, man. <laughs> so just you, you can lean on me and go, I didn't say it. Scotty Alex G, said it. I bet, is going to have some elite imaging for those two weeks, man. I can't <laughs> wait for the it imaging, all the content that's going to be happening in those two weeks. And that is fun for us because, like, from a content perspective, like, two weeks to amplify BYU-Utah will be fun. I, I always hated the Thanksgiving week in, in general for any game, let alone a rivalry, because – you lose Thursday because of the holiday, and it's just a weird week to end college football. I I kind of like that November 9th date. I, I think it could be very similar to what happened last year with Bedlam, where you move it from rivalry weekend to an earlier time, gets the network TV early afternoon. That ended up being a huge day for Oklahoma State. Maybe it can be that way for BYU-Utah. Uh, who knows what it's going to end up being, but I will say, speaking of rivalries, if you're going to go through this list here, what's the next, next biggest rivalry on this sheet, it's nobody from the Big 12. After Utah, arguably Wyoming. The game in Laramie. The rivalry renewed. So you go <laughs> Southern Illinois. You go at SMU and at Wyoming. Those are your two, those are your three out-of-conference games. And Southern Illinois at home, the Salukis come to town. Great. At SMU and at Wyoming two weeks in a row, and then hosting Kansas State right after that, that's kind of a brutal go right there to start the thing off here. You came on our show this week and said, hey, going one and two in those first three games is not an impossibility. I've I've been killed this week because I said, hey, that BYU might lose that game in Laramie. They go, ah, no chance. Ask Texas Tech how easy it is to play Laramie. This is what they do in Wyoming. They get you there and they go, it's even higher elevation than you where you guys are at. We're going to come after you. It was funny at the BYU basketball game earlier this season in, in December when Wyoming came to the Marriott Center, one of the BYU basketball players, Trey Stewart, said some of the Wyoming players, again, this is basketball, just a one-off game on a weeknight before New Year's, some of the players were saying bleep BYU in the pregame uh, huddle. That their, dad's Trace, taught, their dad's taught them. But that, that's for basketball. Imagine what football is going to be in Laramie, War Memorial. I mean, Joe Glenn's going to be probably double birding BYU. I They're going to be hauling off the field goal post, or the goal post. I mean, that's going to be the Super Bowl for Wyoming. It's like Liberty 2.0 where Hugh Freeze comes out and says, gentlemen, this is the biggest game of your lives. That's what it's going to be for Wyoming. <laughs> yeah, I said it. I said it during our show this week, too. I go, Look at their schedule. I haven't even seen it yet. And maybe they'll have some competitive games at the end of the year that could have them in the Mountain West conversation. But 100%, the biggest game on their schedule yes. is going to be BYU. And it's a, think about how weird it is in Wyoming next year, this year. BYU at home. Next year, Utah at home. So weird. What is going on right now? You got you got Utah going to Utah State uh, this year. You got uh, BYU going to Laramie this year. This is you're supposed to get to a big conference of big time people, Mitch. I'm I'm not used to the I'm already getting into the bougie lifestyle of never having to go to Wyoming, and yet here we are. We're gonna have to go 
with the uh, now what it, what's good is it's not going to be the swirling uh, sub. Uh, freezing temperatures uh, at least <laughs> there. True. So if we're getting a September game in, in Laramie. We might be saved from all that. But still, Southern Illinois at SMU and at uh, Wyoming, those are the out-of-conference ones. And I know you had something about the, the SMU game that also, I mean, that's an 11-2 and two team or 11-3 and three team from last year, AAC champions. And it, it does, I don't care what league you're in, winning 11 games is not easy. Could be a preseason top 25 team next year. I mean, SMU's had a lot of success in the transfer portal. That's going to be a tough one. And you know, BYU opens up Big 12 play with Kansas State September 21st. I, I like this K-State team a lot. I had them in my top four in our way-too-early Big 12 power rankings. I, I think Chris Kleiman continues to do a great job, and they haven't had many losses in the portal. The guys that they did lose, it was more kind of a conversation of, hey, like it's probably best for both parties involved here. So I think that they're going to be okay. I know Will Howard gone. Oh, yeah. What are we going to Avery... do, G- do without Will Howard? A guy goes to Ohio State, and you're like, good luck, <laughs> I was man. So under, I was so, so stunned weird. by that way. Ohio State, like, like, oh, Will Howard's solid. He was second team all Big 12 last year, but I think you and I kind of agreed following the league last year where it was like, uh, there were just no quarterbacks in the conference no. that really warranted all Big 12 status, and he kind of got propped up for the Career Achievement Award because he once won the Big 12 title. But then BYU goes on the road uh, at Baylor uh, in Waco. You know, BYU knows the the battles of of facing the Baylor Bears. That should be another tough one down in Waco. Yeah, and those are two teams that they didn't play the first uh, year in the conference officially. Obviously, they, put, they have a history with Baylor, but uh, Kansas State at home and then going down to Waco. The good news is, Dave Aranda and a new staff are going to be trying to figure out a lot of different things, and uh, I don't think that they figured him out yet. I don't know if Dave Aranda is going to figure yeah. it out, and so uh, that 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 could be that could be a W for them where you work it in on the schedule where you go, hey, road game, get that win, uh, and that's when I have down. I think is is a win predicted. Now again. This is always going to change. I don't know why we're making predictions on wins and losses uh, already. When we it is it is uh, uh, you know beginning of February, but here we are, and that's what we do. We make lists already, even all throughout the season. Now, again, I don't know what to think about some of the scheduling in terms of what these other teams are going to look like because the league was so all over the place. Yeah. Who's going to be this year's uh, West Virginia? Who's going to be this year's TCU that had an amazing season and then suddenly falls off and you go, man, you guys used to be good five seconds ago. I don't know who it's going to be, but last year we had so much movement that on the one hand, it gives you a lot of hope. On the other hand, you go, man, everybody could be good or you might be shocked by some of the teams who end up being not very good. It's strange that with, with this league, it's got power conference affiliation Yet it almost feels like the entire conference, all 16 members, are looking to reinvent themselves and become greater than they've ever been. And so it just creates this kind of unusual spot where everyone's just looking to, uh, you know, kind of establish something new in this conference. Even Utah, who's been a two-time Pac-12 champ, yet I think they want to become something greater where they're not losing four games a year. They're breaking through and they're getting to the playoff. Like this just league has a bunch of hungry programs looking for more. And I just think it makes the chase in this Big 12 so much fun, but so difficult to really predict. I mean, if you want to think who could be a team that falls off, Maybe it could be Oklahoma State, even though Ollie Gordon comes back, Alan Bowman comes back, but still, uh, that's a team that was still vulnerable. Yeah, speaking of quarterbacks that aren't great, right, (laughs) at Oklahoma State, he could have a – I mean, you have the Doak Walker winner, but nobody's trying to hang their hat on what they have with Bowman, so that could be an issue. Why not? And Oklahoma State is looked at as one of those teams that should be, you know, it's they're the 1A, 1B at the top of the conference, according to some folks, but – 
I mean, we don't know. Once you, you're there, you made the conference championship last year, and you had the same basic personnel. You're bringing back the best running back in the country, so we're going to give you those props and just say you're probably up there. What we do know about Oklahoma State, they will either win games in an epic manner or they will get blown out. Like that's just what we know <laughs> about Oklahoma State. Forty-five to three. <laughs> that's a case in point. There. Space game, baby. <laughs> I can't believe it. Uh, what else do we have on the schedule here? Because then we also have built into the schedule. Two bye weeks. Yeah, the schedule with how early Labor Day falls, every team's got two byes. And, you know, the best of BYU schedule, they got three games in October. They go Arizona at home. Oklahoma State makes its first trip to Provo ever on October 18th or 19th. So it could be a Friday game. It could be. And then October 26th at UCF. Uh, the Knights uh, will host BYU in the bounce house. K.J. Jefferson, third consecutive year he faces BYU. And then November closes out for BYU with at Utah. Kansas makes its first trip to Provo on November 16th. November 23rd at Arizona State, BYU's first trip to Tempe since 1997. And then a senior day against the Cougars. It's an all-Cougar showdown. BYU in Houston. I got to think... The Big 12 looked at that and said, hey, that could that screams two, five, and six teams, winner-go-home style game. Okay. Maybe that's the reasoning behind that game being thrown down on senior day. That's what I was going to say is that uh, those last three games, even the Kansas one, getting the Jayhawks at home is a big deal because that Utah game is going to be tough. Here, here's the tough stretch, right? Arizona, Oklahoma State, you go to UCF, you have Utah, Kansas is a tough game, but I think that if you're going to get through, I mean, think about the five-game losing streak. Oh, JJ, yeah. JJ on our show, Jeremiah Jensen from KSL 5 Television and on our show during the week goes, I, he has them for six losses in a row in the very middle. He has them winning the first three, going uh, 0, for, 0 for 6 in the very first part of it, and then winning those last three. Mm. And I thought that's an interesting, interesting. way to get, interesting way to get to 6-6. Six and six. Now, I don't know if they beat Kansas. I think Lance Leipold, really, really good coach. I think they just keep getting better, Kansas. I think this is one of those years that they could absolutely be up at the very, very top. They could be in that conference championship game. Why not? But when you have the the, the stretch that they do with Utah that November 9th, to go November, Kansas at your place, you go down to Arizona State, that's absolutely winnable, of course. Kenny Dillingham and that, those guys trying to pull that program out of the mud. And then Houston, not expected to be great this year. And so – I think it's a good way to round it out. There's, It's not the killer Oklahoma, Oklahoma State that they had at the end of the season last year that was a gut punch because those ended up being close games. And so I, I do think overall BYU's got a tough schedule. I don't know how tough it is compared to some of the other ones, but I think we all looked at Utah's schedule and went, wait a minute, this looks like they have a little bit easier of a go, which opens the door for the Utes to be able to be at the top of the conference Before as well. we get to Utah, I think that BYU just dropped the ball mightily on non-conference schedule. But would they really be able to have that much? I thought that some of these things are already written in the tea well, leaves and they can't make much adjustment. Well, it's because Wyoming, there was an opportunity to get out of that series when they went to the Big 12. There was the 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 tagline of if they go to a power conference, they can get out without any penalty. And I think they should have executed that with Wyoming. They did it with other teams. They did. And they sacrificed games with Miami. They sacrificed some big home-and-home games. But Wyoming is so puzzling because, well, they had a a game in Independence in 2022. but So I feel like BYU is just feeling like, hey, you you came out here to play us. We're not backing out. We're not going to do what Tennessee did to us where we go out there and then they buy us out. I I just think BYU should have been more aggressive because – it doesn't make sense to go on the road to face a top 25. You had to get a Power 5 team. 
that's in the Big 12 bylaws that, you know, they want you to play one Power 5 team, and, and SMU fills that with the ACC. I just think that you should have gotten aggressive to get a seventh home game, or you should have bought out that Wyoming game because to go two games on the road plus this Big 12 schedule, I mean, BYU's got five of the top six teams on their way too early, uh, on our way too early KSL sports rankings. That is a tough schedule, and you're trying to be a team that gets to a bowl and you don't have any clarity at quarterback. And, like, I think it's the weakest quarterback unit I've seen from BYU since the days of Lance Pendleton, uh, 2002, Brent Ingham. I mean, uh, some Matt Berry action in tw- there. We're too, talking 23 years range. You know, like, that's that's how long it's been. I think this is weak. Yeah. I, I just do right, right now. And, look, prove me wrong, BYU. Like, I'm ready, willing to be completely wrong, but I just I, I have low expectations for that quarterback group, and there's not much depth at running back. You should have just kind of said, you know what, we're going to buy out this game, we're going to get out of this, and just call it what it is and load up the home games with winnable opportunities. Well, but let me play uh, not devil's advocate, the opposite. Let me go down that road of, of agreeing with you of I think that if you have that opportunity – now, that's not to say that they're doing it, but this is the practice they have to have. They have to do this kind of thing. They have to get out of games like that. They have to make the schedule favorable for themselves in the future because the way you get into the new college football playoff is going to be play the game the SEC played for all those years. Yes. Get that Power 5 team on there and go, yep, we have one technically. It's Vanderbilt, but we've got them on there. Mm-hmm. And you set up a couple of other cupcakes. You've got to give yourself the best chance to be able to be – in that at-large pool if you're not going to win the conference, and you've got to get yourself there. And that's a practice that you have to get used to is softening up the schedule. It feels like totally against what you would be trying to do. Like, I'm, we need great football. Look at what the big programs do. They build it off of the back of a November soft schedule in the SEC, minus some uh, rivalry games, but they build in. There's a reason that the, There's a reason that the SEC said we're only playing eight games. As a conference, yes. forever, and it might stay that way forever. Even with Sixteen teams, right? Because they go, this is how this has been our model. This is Greg Sankey's like, we're going to stick with it. This is how we get teams in. And by the way, the SEC is going to have four or five teams in the college yes. football playoff. That's how it's going to work. Big Ten, same thing, two or three, uh, or four. And so there's there's always going to be that competition. And so you do have to give yourself the best possible chance. But I will say also, on top of all that, you don't think Kalani and uh, and and Tom Holmo looked and said we got to keep that game because both of those guys have had to play in that series. I know if you get them on record, they go, yeah, we, you know, I don't like going out to Laramie. That's a tough one. Or does he go, the, the competitor inside of him goes, I hate those guys. I can't wait to play them. Let's beat up well, the Cowboys. I think Kalani, you know, is, is open for any game, but I just feel like it's just, what do you gain, you know, from beating Wyoming on the road? I, I mean, if you win, I think both of us would say that's a good win, but on everything's got to be viewed from the perspective of, to your point, trying to get to the playoff. And I know that sounds crazy coming off a of five and seven season, but that should be the mindset because in this league, anything can change from year to year. And then also just trying to find ways to be at home as much as you can. And, and just trying to limit the, the opportunities of games where, uh, you know, you're, you're creating an opportunity for an opponent to play like a Super Bowl type game. Like that's what it is for Wyoming. It, it's it's kind of the the dynamics of that game. It, it, like Wyoming as an opponent is nothing spectacular, but you just don't gain much from playing them. That's and what going makes to it their difficult. Place especially. And for Utah, I mean, as, as we kind of look at their schedule, like they've got one of those games too, playing Utah State. They were in more of a bind. Like BYU had to step in and get a game with SMU. Utah was in a bind because they had two Big Twelve non Big Twelve teams on their non conference. Baylor remains 
on the non-conference schedule for the Utes in the return visit of the the home and home they started last year. Uh, but they have to go to Utah State. I I got to imagine that is not ideal for the Utes. They probably never thought they were going to see the day where they rolled through Logan again. Last time they did was in 2012 where they they lost that game. Yeah. So there's it's another game where you don't have much to gain by playing that game. And those are the type of games that both BYU and Utah long term have to avoid in the future. Uh, it's a it's a good philosophy. I think that you just have to say, hey, some of those some of those things maybe got worked out. Maybe there's the the, the handshake behind doors that go, yeah, look, we're gonna keep that game with you guys. Promise, we're gonna make sure that happens. All right, let's look at the Utah schedule here since we spent so much time on that BYU one. Let's look at what uh, the Utes are gonna be facing in 2024. It's uh, a start, of course, where they're hosting SUU at home. That's another one that they uh, they had last year. They hung 70 on uh, on SUU and. I think that I don't know. In the future, does do, do the FCS games have a place in this version of college football? Does does playing SUU is that a viable option going forward, or is it more like scheduling a Southern Illinois versus uh, you know an FCS team? Are FBS teams going to be playing FCS teams for much longer in the future? I hope they don't, uh, because I mean these TV networks are paying billions. Do yeah. you really want to air Utah? SUU on Big 12 now on ESPN Plus. Is that going to motivate people to sign up for ESPN Plus? I mean, maybe because the game, first game, and same with BYU and Southern Illinois. Like, I I hope we do get to a point where it's 12 FBS on FBS games because I I just feel like, what do you really gain from these matchups? You you just don't gain much. And, And I hope, and I know that the football ecosystem. FCS teams thrive on getting these paychecks and and playing in a body game where you just I'm always like why does that up. but why do we care about know. the financing of a, of an FCS program? I, it just I, other coaches in the past have said that, but I disagree with that. I want to see twelve FBS teams on a schedule. I think that should be the standard when you're talking about the twelve team playoff. That's what it should be going forward. Uh, all right, let's look at the rest of this one here because uh, as you look at it. The year kicks off on a Thursday, by the way, August 29th. Everybody's going to be basically playing in August because that first, like you said, the 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 July fall camp too. I mean, it's going to be early this year. Everything's hey, going to be moved you up. You know what? That's all better for us. July at the Sphere in Las Vegas. Are they going to end up being at the Sphere? I sure they, hope so. They haven't announced it yet, right? No, they haven't. But I'm yeah. hoping. I need to see. Let's do it at the old Tropicana before they blow it up. <laughs> I need to see Wit on his Harley oh, on yeah. the Sphere, and then Kalani doing his like little <laughs> dance like thing with dude. I have stood next to that thing in person. I went to that F1 weekend, I told you. And, you know, it's one thing to see it on TV. It's another to be right next to it, and you're like, this thing is insane. Okay, uh, what's the schedule look like? Let's roll through here. Uh, tell us what we have after the SUU game. September 21st, Utah's Big 12 opener, even though they got Baylor in Week 2. That's a non-conference game. Their Big 12 opener that count, counts in the standings at Oklahoma State. Big 12 it's a light U- schedule for Utah, but out of the gates, it's tough going to Stillwater. Yeah, and uh, I'm a little bit bummed that it is so early in the year, and that doesn't change the next week when the top three teams, I think, that every all of us had some version of that top three in our way-too-early power poll for the Big 12. Utah's going to Stillwater, and now that's actually good for the Utes because Mike Gundy seems to wake up, at least he did last year, <laughs> about halfway through the season yeah. goes, I'm ready to play now. Uh, so maybe getting them that early is going to be a big deal, but you can guarantee Kyle Whittingham is going to go down there and he's going to say, hey, we can get these guys at their place. You can beat Mike Gundy in Stillwater. It's not some crazy fortress. Uh, but you also then you come back home and, you're, and, and your conference home opener is against Arizona, 
Noel Fafita and company coming to town. I know Jed Fish isn't running the show anymore, but most of those guys stuck around thanks to the big big bucks donors, and the talent's still going to be there for yeah. the Wildcats. Arizona's going to be good. That Oklahoma State game is, is fascinating. I, I think if you talk about maybe rivalries that could happen in the Big 12, I think Utah-Oklahoma State could be one because there's so much similarities. You know, Mike Gundy, Kyle Whittingham, long-tenured coaches. They've punched above their weight so many times. They've got to New Year's Six Bowl games. I just I, – I feel like that could be – Kind of almost like just so many similarities between those programs. I'm excited for that one. Uh, the bye weeks for both BYU and Utah are the same. It should be noted. Uh, both have the November 2nd bye and then also October 5th bye. So maybe the Big 12 saying Utah, like BYU, enjoys its general conference weekend. <laughs> Do you remember the? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what Mark Harlan did. He goes, could you carve that out for us? Uh, <laughs> I will. I, I do think that uh, – so, I mean, the, the two weeks running up to the rivalry game is kind of fun. The other bye week, you're kind of like, all right, that's uh, two bye weeks. I don't know what I don't know what I'm gonna, I have no idea what to do with myself. All right, see ya. <laughs> like, like, we are definitely going to be doing first and 12 from St. George that weekend. There's no dang way. I'm going to be saying, you give me two bye weeks, I might be in Mexico for the second one, you know? So, uh, so you have Arizona State after the bye week down at Arizona State. Uh, and then, and again, playing – Playing Arizona at home and then getting Arizona State on the road after the bye week, nice one to get started with. Uh, they have TCU at home. I dare say that this won't be the number 10 versus number 11 yeah. uh, Utah matchup from years past, but maybe TCU's figured their stuff out and they could maybe do it. They go to they go to Houston, which is not an easy road game. I mean, it's not an easy road trip, uh, albeit the Houston game itself uh, could be looked at as you know an easy W. I think it's going to be for them. But they have to go to Houston, and they also have to go to UCF, which is a crazy thing to do. They host BYU, of course, after the bye week on November 9th. They go to Colorado, Folsom Field, uh, to beat up on Colorado, who will at that point have uh, more than likely totally <laughs> gone through everybody. I can't imagine their season getting better like that. The Iowa State game for Utah at home is interesting to me. Uh, that's I think that's going to be a tougher game than people are giving it credit for. I think Iowa State's going to be a little bit is going to be pretty good. Uh, but then they go to Orlando on uh, – is that a Friday game? Black for sure? Friday. They go They go to Orlando the day after Thanksgiving. That is a freaking trip. And I had that marked as a win for them, and I might have to change my mind on it. But I have them at 6-6, six and six, and so I've tried to figure out a way to, to keep – or sorry, uh, I have I have them at 10-2. Uh, and two, So I want to make sure that uh, I figure out a way to get them still to that 10-2 and because I do think the Utes are going to get it to the conference championship game – Maybe is that two-loss team in conference and, and sneak in there like Oklahoma State did. But, but again, force to be reckoned with are the Utes. They're going to be – everybody's scared of them. There's no – no one is going to be get caught yeah. off guard by Kyle Whittingham in Utah. They know what Cam Rising can do, and I think that that's scary because this conference – has had not not a real quarterback for a minute, and I think Cam Rising might be that guy. This league uh, suddenly has a lot of good quarterbacks yes. with Shadur Sanders, Noah Fafita, Cam Rising, Rocco Beck's you know defending freshman of the year in the Big Twelve. Uh, you know, Alan Bowman, whether you like him or not, I mean, he's got experience under his belt. Houston Donovan Smith, uh, you know, another year in that program. But KJ Jefferson steps, down at uh, UCF. I mean, there's who, all sorts of guys. Uh, Daquan Finn at Baylor, I think, is going to be pretty good. Avery Johnson, who we know. To, I, I really is that the like. Gr- is the green kid still there, West Virginia? 
Garrett Green, yes. Although jo- he, they're not playing. I don't think BYU or Utah are playing West Virginia. They are not. Year. Josh Hoover comes back for TCU. Uh, yeah, I, I like the quarterbacks in this league a lot this year, and it's going to be fun. I mean, you you got, you know, I'm with you. I think ten and two probably is the threshold you look at for Utah. Maybe nine and three. I think that TCU team could be. You know, a bounce back year for the Horn Frogs. I think that'll be an interesting one for Utah. But I look at their schedule, and I think the the Big Twelve set them up well. And again, I think an underrated dynamic with the BYU game because we know with rivalry games anything can happen. If say Utah somehow was undefeated and they lost to BYU, there's still enough down the stretch in this schedule that you can work your way back into the 12-team playoff conversation because the Big Twelve's got to get strategic and not only finding ways. To get your conference champion into the playoff, but also get, get an at-large team. Yeah, you got to get two in because you can't be that league that's just suddenly oh, you get one conference champ and that's it. You got to get two teams every year out of this league, and if you do, that's a real win for this conference going forward. So I think that was part of the reasoning too with the strategic nature of this schedule in finding ways to to kind of get creative and forecast how do you get that second team in, kind of almost game the system in a way and find a way to really get the best possible matchups for TV. It should be a fun year of Big 12 football. There, there Some other notes from the schedule that was released by the Big 12 and a full recap on kslsports.com. The rivalry games, we talked about BYU-Utah November 9th. October 26th, Kansas-Kansas State. November 2nd, TCU-Baylor. November 30th, Arizona-Arizona State. So the league kind of staggers them. I, I think some people were surprised to see Arizona-Arizona State at the end. That one kind of makes sense to me at the very end because, one, good weather. You could throw it down at 8.15 at night, and it's not going to be an issue from a weather standpoint. And I just don't think there's as much history with that game is that a compared Pacific, to BYU-Utah. So is that, be, is that a uh, Pacific time situation, too, that time I believe of year? so. I never really know. Yeah, I, I, I never <laughs> get your crap together. I never know either. But they, they kind of took a unique way to stagger out the, the rivalries. Uh, potential for nine weeknight games if they elect to have all the games that have a Friday or Saturday. There could be nine weeknight games on the schedule. Some other interesting games that kind of caught my attention, October 12th, Kansas State at Colorado. There's some old history from the Big 8 days between those two programs. October 26th, West Virginia at Arizona. September 14th, UCF at TCU. That's the Big 12 opener. And then November 2nd, Texas Tech at Iowa State. I think that could be a pretty good game. Very curious to see if Texas Tech you know, bounces back this season. Baron Morton comes back. Tyler Shucks now at Louisville. So uh, Tech was an underwhelming team last year maybe they can kind of bounce back they got a really good recruiting class so no shortage of storylines in in the big 12 in 2024 alex that's interesting the, the yeah because tech vo- avoids byu and utah mm-hmm. but, and they're they're one of the closest teams ge- geography wise to to salt lake and provo yet they, they don't draw anyone i would have thought your mark would have leaned into spitgate spitgate <laughs> bring it back i can't get enough of it in slow motion tyler batty back into the left <laughs> And he's back, too. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yes. Let's bring uh, the drama on there. Uh, all right. Uh, Alex Curie, Brett Yormark's son, uh, yes. Mitch Harper to my We're left. We're going to be additive. We're going to be, <laughs> you know, I looked at our uh, our IP. Where it's, I, I, it's, I, you're, doing the, <laughs> you're doing the New York basketball. Uh, I like what we're going to do. We're going to put it in the sphere. All right. And and uh, what were those t- those teams' names? Texas and Oklahoma? Hornstown. Uh, we, I don't know who those guys are, but – uh, we're going to really move forward as a conference. I do think that he is doing so many good yes. things, and I wonder how long the Big 12 can keep him. I don't know how long his contract goes. You tell me. 
I believe it's five years. Okay. Well, I believe. Uh, keep him around as long as possible because I think he is really, really good for the league. So, uh, Mitch Harper, Alex Curie, first and 12, a special edition today as we wanted to break down the schedule for you as well and get your podcast feed uh, fresh with that for the first and 12 stuff. Anything else, Mitch, we're missing here? Well, the offseason, we'll maybe occasionally check in. We'll have probably a post-spring breakdown, maybe. Uh, maybe a transfer portal. Po- uh, maybe a, another transfer portal. Transfer portal. We've got Big 12 Pro Day coming up soon, oh, yeah. which will be pretty fun. Uh, and then, you know, before we know it, it's media day and then it's fall camp and away we go. I know we, we I don't want to get ahead of ourselves because we got to enjoy a little bit of an no, offset. We need to enjoy sure. a little bit of a break, but uh, I'm just really excited. I, I just think that this 16 team Big 12, Alex, creates so much storylines and intrigue. And I think also it's I think this show, you know, it's, it's one of the few that's covering the Big 12. Yeah. You know, I, I think that. Folks, just subscribe, share with your friends, whoever, because we are going to lean into Big 12 coverage here. I mean, Salt Lake City is a Big 12 market, and this market loves college football. There's so much going on in Salt Lake, but when it comes to the sports scene, but college football is a big piece to the sports uh, fandom in this market, and now it's all in on the Big 12, and that's just going to be so much fun to see BYU and Utah battling for the chase for the Big 12. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we'll have some more breakdowns, and yes, if something uh, massive does happen, if BYU picks up a quarterback in the transfer <laughs> portal again, open up the floodgates for drama. I can't wait for it. All right, for Mitch Harper and Alex Curie, we'll be back again for another edition of First and 12. Download the podcast, tell a friend, teach a neighbor about it. Let's get this thing going. So for Mitch, I'm Alex. We'll see you next time, everybody.